Hello and welcome to Plant Powered Buddhist Podcast, where we are learning to turn our eating habits into a spiritual practice. I'm Sensei. I want to welcome you from wherever you're listening in the world. I also want to say a heartfelt thank you to all of my followers, my supporters, my clients, and my students. Without your support, I simply couldn't do what I do. I'm excited about today's episode, so with no further ado, let us begin. And welcome back. Today we're going to discuss a really familiar phenomenon, and that is the phenomenon called time. And I can assure you that by the end of this episode, if you're able to digest fully what is said, that your relationship with time will change dramatically. And there will be some wonderful outcomes as a result of this. So let's dive right into this phenomenon called time. There are many ways in which we could approach this topic, but what I'd like to do is kind of stay in the experiential uh, realm of time, meaning rather than talk about it philosophically, I'd like to use real life experience, your life experience, to help see through, to see the truth about time. If you've been listening to my podcast or are one of my students or clients, you know that I am big on experiential truth. That is truth that is based in your subjective experience. Something that requires only your verification and nothing outside of yourself. Because when a truth is experiential, then we can act and make decisions based upon something that is not simply a belief or a hope or a wish, but rather fact. So let's think a little bit about this thing called time and I want you to think about your childhood because you were introduced to this concept of time, this phenomenon called time, very early on. And even if you didn't directly understand what time was, you were certainly aware of a relationship with this thing called time. So for example, in your household, perhaps there was a certain time that you were required to go to bed. There was a time to do homework, a time to eat. Dinner was eaten in the evening time, breakfast in the morning time, lunch during the afternoon. You were required to take a bath at a certain time. On these days you went to school and on these other days you did not go to school. Weekdays, weekends. So most of what you understood about time and how you first became aware of it was relationship-based. And furthermore, 
If you learned about time in the way that I just described, which is probably the majority of human beings, there was something very subtle that was introduced into your psyche, probably unbeknownst to you. And that is the notion that time, first of all, has something to do with authority. Time is authoritative. Think about what I just said. In your own experience as a child, whatever your childhood was like, wherever you were, no matter your culture, no matter where you lived, time was authoritative. And in some cases, maybe time felt oppressive. But we adhere to that because that's what our parents or those who were bringing us up also learned. And so that's what they taught us. Moving on, you go into school, there's the bells that ring that tell you what time to get to this class, what time for that class. So you start to get introduced to what we call a schedule. Meaning you will go to class at this time. You will leave class at this time. There's recess at this time. There's lunch at this time. Now, adding another layer to this, if you had any extracurricular activities, say for example, you played a sport or an instrument, something like this, you had something which was called practice. And whether this was a team activity or a solo activity, there was time to practice. And that time happened at a specific period each day or each week. So you begin to understand what I'm saying that very subtly your understanding about time is inextricably tied to some notion of authority. Thou shalt, <laughs> thou shalt do this. Thou shalt not do this. At X, Y, or Z period. Moving on, at some point, there were maybe a job or some type of responsibility that you had in order to earn money. So maybe you were waiting tables or who knows, whatever you did. But basically, again, there was some sense that, hey, at this time you will do this and this is your schedule. And that time was now tied to something else called money. Wow. Very subtle. The authority. The dominance of the phenomenon called time. 
here you are. Now you're a teenager, you're in school, you perhaps are going to class, you have some extracurricular activities, uh, you have things that are may be required by your parents, and now you have this part-time job working in a fast food place, whatever the case may be, and now that time is being monetized by what we call a check. So you come in, you work this amount of time, you'll get this amount of money in exchange for that time. Next big level. First, we have this authority. We have now monetization. And then something else really crucial. Value. Right on the heels of monetization of this thing called time, there is value attached. And if you've grown up in any society, and especially so in Western culture, time and money become these twin demons, if you will. <laughs> and certainly not because they are inherently evil. I say that in the sense that time and money as a combination of phenomena combined with this notion of value have created a certain relationship with time and understanding of time that is not healthy. Now we see that time can dictate. It's authoritative. It can be monetized and therefore some value. Now, the interesting thing about money and value aspect of this exploration of time is that one's notion of a self, that is whoever you believe yourself to be or want to be, in juxtaposition to this thing called time, which has tied up in it value and money, now becomes a part of your persona. So, society tells you that this is what's available to you based upon certain circumstances. Your ability, your privilege or your lack of privilege, education, lack of education. And therefore, your time is worth this to society. So, in the case of someone who may just, the best they can do, the most opportunity they've had was to, to do something what's called quote-unquote blue-collar work, that they must earn their money by the sweat of their brow, by the use of their body. They are relegated to a certain level of pay, which can vary. You know, the difference between, let's say, for say example, a custodian versus a plumber can be substantially different, but they're both physical jobs that require a certain amount of physicality 
and maybe in the case of the plumber even requires um, some mathematical skills that may not be required for a custodian. But you get my point that somehow along the way, now this thing called time has become tied up in your perception of yourself and society has told you how much your time is worth and very subtly, very subtly, you begin to say, this is what I'm worth. And in fact, we have something called net worth. Think about that. Net worth. What is your net worth? Wow. All of this from time. A single phenomenon called time. snowballs into something so huge, so big. It is appropriated into this self that you believe that you have. And so it is no wonder that whatever has been assigned to that self in terms of time in terms of your relationship to time, your value was then determined by that, literally and figuratively. So here we stand now with this thing called time. And as we move through life, we feel an ever more tightening of the grip of time because on top of all of this we have something called biology biological time life and unlike maybe money which as it gets larger one presumably uh enjoys that, looks forward to that being the case, as you age biologically, many people, many people suffer that increase of age. They lament growing older. They're afraid of growing older. And this today happens earlier and earlier. I mean, there used to be a time when it was just the midlife crisis, right? A person hits 40 plus, you know, 40 to 50 years, somewhere in that gap. And, you know, they realize that pretty much they've been wasting their time in life or haven't lived a very fulfilled life or have pursued a number of things. And maybe I've been, quote unquote, quite successful at those things, but still feel empty, still feel a sense of something missing. And knowing that they have what? Fewer years ahead, perhaps, than they have behind them. In a phrase, they're running out of time. You 
are running out of time. So lastly, we can add to this kind of snowball effect about time and our relationship and understanding with it is this time as a commodity. Listen to the language that we use when we speak about time. I'm sure you have said, I want to spend more time doing this. I don't have enough time for that. Stop wasting my time. I wish there was more time in the day. Wow, how the days are flying by. There aren't enough hours in the day. I'm never going to get to the end of this task list. I didn't get to the end of my task list yesterday. I'm not going to get into the end of the task list today. And so that means I have more to do tomorrow. So more to do equals less time in your mind right now. But we're going to correct this. Trust me. But but for me, most people, this is their experience with time. Yes, this is your experience with time. Think about your own life. Go through the phases that I just spoke about and see the subtle and not so subtle presence and effect of time on your psyche. Now, Time can feel so heavy. It can feel, uh, as I said, like there's not enough time. And yet, there are moments in life where it feels like there's too much time. Maybe you're waiting for some news. You're waiting to hear about whether or not this new position that you want to get is going to happen. A new job. Maybe you're waiting for a diagnosis from a doctor for yourself or for a loved one. Do I have cancer or not? Am I going to live or am I not? Do I need surgery or do I not? Does he need surgery or not? Does she need this transplant or not? Do I have high blood pressure? Right? So there's some sense of waiting for news to come. And that can feel like it's taking forever. And down to the mundane level, standing in line. You wanted to run into the store just to pick up a few items. You just happened. Has this ever happened to you? Gosh, this has happened to me many times. I just happened to get in the line with the one person who looks like they are shopping for like the whole block. You know, for their family and every other family on the block. And it's just like, wow. How could that happen? <laughs> and you feel like, yes, this is taking forever. And then, of course, you know, that person has to ask, oh, what was the price on that? Okay, no, move that over there. Okay, can I get a price check on this? Oh, I don't like the way this one looks. Can you ask them to bring another one forward? <laughs> yes, can't that feel like you're just waiting forever? Or you've, I'm sure, had some other situation where you've had to stand in line and you're wanted to get going. But my point is, is that the way we experience time 
should be some indication to you that perhaps your present understanding about time is not completely accurate. Here in the States, we've done for many, many years now, putting the time forward, putting it back, you know, a certain time in the spring, certain time in the fall. The reasons for that are not really relevant uh, to go over. But my point is that we often think that we can change time. Not so. We can't do that. And why can't we do that? Why can't we get more time? Why can't we create more time? Technology has promised you that if you use this app or you use this technology, you're going to have more time. It's been the biggest lie, one of the biggest lies and most successful lies in history. Technology is going to give you more time. Let us do this so that you have more time to spend with your family. Don't cook. Have it delivered to your door. Pay your bills online. Basically, we live in a society where if you live in certain countries, you could literally stay in your home, if you have a home, and never leave. Because everything can be delivered from your door Bills can be paid from your phone or computer if you have one. No need for you to interact with people. And what was the result of that activity when the pandemic hit? When people were forced to stay at home, they were dying to get back out. I don't want to go too far into that tangent, but you can see where I'm going with this whole thing about time and how you experience and how you understand it is inaccurate. So the first major shift that I want you to have as it regards time is to, one, understand that time is a fiction. Uh, now you probably say, oh, wait, Sensei, or, let's not go into some esoteric um, explanation about time not being real. I'm using this word fiction in a very technical way. How so? When I say that time is a fiction, I only mean that it doesn't have the reality that you have heretofore assigned to it. I'll say it again. Time is a fiction. And what I mean by fiction is that it has none, and I stress none of the reality of which you have attributed to it heretofore. Well, 
What are some of the things that you have assigned as a truth about time? Well, I just mentioned about five of them. That time has value. That time is money. Time can be monetized. Time has something to do with who you are or what you can become. Time is authoritative. Maybe at some point in life, it shifts from feeling like authoritative to a dictator. Because as you age and the more responsibilities that you choose to take on or activities that you choose to take on, things that you think are going to make you happy forever, that you didn't think through, and now you're stuck with them and feel ashamed about saying that, feel stuck because you've put too much time into this. You put too much time into this person. You put too much time into this job, too much time into your family, too much time into whatever it is that you've been, quote unquote, spending your time. Can't turn back. Can't turn back the hands of time. Think about all the colloquial statements and all the kind of phrases that we have regarding time. We give a lot of power over to this fiction that we call time. And it's not to say that time doesn't have its, its use. Conventionally, it has its use. If I tell you we're going to meet at 12 p.m., 12 p.m. has no reality at all. It's just some point that we've agreed to and called it, as part of time, 12 p.m. I'll meet you at the cafe at 12 p.m. We'll have lunch at 12 p.m. You must start work at 8 a.m. You have an appointment at 7 p.m. And so for the purpose of organizing certain activities amongst human beings, certainly time has some value. But for many, there's this other side to time, a reality that is assigned to it that is actually oppressive for you. And perhaps one of the main areas where that is true is in relationship to your own health, your mental health and your physical health. And certainly your spiritual health. These things are not commodities. These things take a back seat to time. Oh, yeah, yeah, you know, I'll, I'll, you know, I have to do this, 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 and this so that I can do this other thing. But until I accomplish these other things, because that's what I have time for, then I'll make time for you. Spouse, partner, friend, family, child. After I do this, 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 and this, then I'll make time for this. Oh, like 
exercising, eating correctly. Look what a time has done to you. Now I've talked about time being authoritative, maybe in a dictator, and some have turned God into a time, a time into a God, excuse me. You've turned time into a God. that you must bow down to, that drives you through life. Horse and buggy, whipping you through life. You have to break this, and the way you break this is understanding that it's a fiction, that time has some usefulness as a tool and nothing else. Now, experientially, how can you actually verify this for yourself? Well, again, I'll tell you to look at your own life. As people like to say, there's only 12 hours in a day. You know, that is a compounded, you know, (laughs) compounded fiction of time, right? 12 hours, day. Look at the language, how wrapped up you are in this. So, it's unlikely that society is going to change its use of the language of time. So what we can do in order to transcend what feels like the trap of time is to continue to use the language, but interior-wise, shift to a true understanding of what time is. And so people are big on definitions and often ask me, well, sensei, what does that mean? And what does that mean? You want definitions and this and that. I really dislike that. But for the purpose of giving you a raft, I'm going to help you shift your definition of time from whatever it is you presently think it is to simply change. Time equals change. Time is change. Time is synonymous to change. However you can let that sink in on a deep level, replace whatever it is you think time is and simply insert change. How would this tangibly change you today and going forward. Well, whatever you think time is, juxtapose it to what I just said. You've been living under a concept called time and slave to it in such a way that you can't do anything about it. You feel that time is irreversible. Uh, You can waste it. You can spend it. But in no way can you change time. We can never go back to what it used to be before. The future is uncertain. (laughs) Listen to this. This is your self-talk. This is a talk between you and others that you know. But if you understand time as change then you can see something else that is actually more true. 
and say, wow, yeah, this whole aging thing, one, two, three, four, five, whatever, up to age, it's just change. There is no real thing called time that is forcing anything. There is no thing called time really that is able to do the types of things that I think time can do or not do. There is only my attachment to this concept called time and getting in line with everyone else in society to bow down to it. You're powerless against time. But if you understand time as change, now you become powerful. Why? Because change is something experientially you can verify. I can ask you, do you weigh the same thing that you weighed five years ago? Does your face look precisely the same way it looked Six, ten, eight, fifteen years ago? Are you still aware of only what you were aware of five, ten, fifteen years ago? No, all of these things have changed. Friends have come and gone. Some have stayed, some have gone away. You've changed jobs. You've changed from liking this show to liking that show more. And it just goes on and on and on. Constant change. Impermanence. Now as I say this, kind of in this moment, I shift into stream of conscience and think, yeah, time is impermanence. Is an impermanence just change? Now, the tricky thing about time and our understanding of impermanence is that some things appear to last quite long, so long that we believe they've crossed over into permanence. And then when it, what, changes, we're broken. Something, the causes and conditions allow for a particular effect, say, for example, someone to be in your life for X amount of years, so you just kind of figure, yeah, they're going to be around. I mean, eventually they'll go away, and then they're gone. They leave you, or they die, or something else. So the illusion of time as having some real, tangible existence, you must break with this. You must break with this. Now, what does this look like, applying this change, understanding time has changed to your eating practices? Because that's what we're focused here on Plant Powered Buddhist Podcast, is taking wisdom, deepening our consciousness, becoming more aware by seeing and understanding reality as it is, so that we can make better choices. So I'm just going to give you one example about this time and as it relates to our eating practices. So I hear so many people say, oh, I want to eat much better, sensei, but I don't have time. 
And my response is that is that you need to reorganize your day. You need to reorganize your day. That's simple. You don't need more time. Because if you have time to eat fast food, to eat junk food, or to prepare, even go further, to cook food that is terrible for yourself, then you have time to do what's called meal prep. You do have the time. And people say, well, I don't want to spend so much time in the kitchen and this, that, and the other. Can I give you an example? I'll give you a recent example, as recent as last week. Because every week I do something called meal prep. And last week, on Sunday, I took two hours and 15 minutes in the kitchen. Two hours and 15 minutes. And prepared enough food to last me five days. I ate for five days off of a little over two hours in the kitchen. And that means each day that I was eating, I would go into the kitchen and could be eating within 10 minutes because all it was was certain things needed to be warmed up. And if they didn't need to be warmed up, I was eating even faster. Still the same amount of hours in the day, but how they're spent how they're used, how they're experienced, and how they are understood. That is time, how it is understood, makes all the difference. So how do I do that? I find a time (laughs) where I am not hungry. I make sure that it's during a period where I'm already satiated. Turn on some Nice chants, lights of incense or a candle, make a prayer over the food, and then I start chopping, cutting, and preparing, and boiling, broiling, baking, (laughs) if I'm going to be having uh, some type of cooked food as well. And I make the food. So the ingredients that go into my smoothie My grains, quinoa, amaranth, spelt, whatever, pasta, all these things I'm making. And put them in my glass dishes, put them in the refrigerator, all ready to go. Whenever I'm hungry, I don't have to think about the temptation of eating something that is unhealthy for me. Because everything that I've made is good for me. And it's ready. So I can do something about how I experience time. But time itself, because it is not a real thing, I can do nothing about. Think about what I just said. How can you do something for or about something that is a fiction? This will take a moment for you to digest. You may even have to listen to this episode one more time before it really settles in your mind that time is a fiction and that all the power that you assign to it, what it can do and what it can't do for or against you, all false. The reality is change. That's the reality. Yes, your biology changes. Time does not march forward. 
if you were to remove entirely the concept of time from your mind right now, nothing in your life would change except for one major thing. And that is, you would not suffer the experience of change. Day would turn to night, night would turn to day, no suffering. The seasons will continue. None of that will change. There will still be spring, summer, winter, and fall. The biology will continue to go through its natural process of change. But you won't suffer any of that. So, why change your erroneous thoughts about time solely for that reason? And when I free up my relationship with time in this way, and I turn now my eyes and my gaze towards my eating practice, now I say, I do have time. I have plenty of time to prepare for something so essential, my health. I have nothing but time for that. So my choices in work, choices in relationships, and the choices in my priorities in life will also shift and change and get in alignment with something that is overall more healthy for me and for everyone around me. If you'd like some assistance with this, please go to Plant Powered Buddhist. Go to the contact page, send me a message, and let's get started. There's only the now. Everything else is a fiction that is related to time. There's only now. That's it. You can say tomorrow, you can say next week, next year, whatever. But the only thing that you're actually able to experience and verify with certitude is this moment right now. That's power. If you're listening to my podcast somewhere where you can leave a review and you feel like you've had some value from this episode or any previous episode, please do leave a nice review. I would appreciate that. And in the description, there is a link. And sometimes it is clickable. Sometimes you have to cut and paste it. But if you'd like to support this type of work, this type of contribution, please consider supporting me for as little as a dollar a month and I would really appreciate that. Time is a fiction. Prove it. Starting now. Until next time, peace and blessings. And that concludes this episode of Plant Powered Buddhist Podcast. I want to thank you again for joining me today. I also want to quickly mention several ways in which you can support my work. One, wherever you're listening to this podcast or this episode right now, 
If there's the ability to leave a review or a five-star rating, I would definitely appreciate that. Secondly, if you'd like to learn more about my background, my books, the services that I offer, where my social media sites are, or you'd like to invite me to speak publicly, please visit plantpoweredbuddhist.com. You can do all of that there. Third, if you have a family member, a friend, or a colleague who you think would benefit from my content, please share this episode or my podcast with that person or those people. Lastly, in this episode that you just listened to, there is a clickable link. And if it's not clickable, you can cut and paste it into your browser. That will take you to a page where you can begin to support my work monetarily on a monthly basis for as little as $1 a month. If you could find it in your heart to do any of those things, I would deeply appreciate it. Until next time, peace and blessings.